Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to Shohei Otani Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. So... Let's start here, because this is the funniest thing. After every show, or usually in the morning, early in the morning, sometimes I'll do it late at night if I can't sleep or whatever, I cut clips from this show, a handful of them after the show, and put them on our Super Talk YouTube channel and uh, share them out there on our social media platforms so people can watch and see bits and pieces of the show if they didn't catch the entire thing. It's a promotional deal. It's something that I do. Apparently, Shohei Otani content is the king. I did one Shohei Otani video. We've got like 16,000 views on this video of us talking about Shohei Otani's contract. So for the rest of time, because I want to use the numbers on the videos to take them to the bosses, you know how that goes, and say, hey, look, look at July. July was the best month that we've ever had because we talked about Otani the whole time. Look at the look at the comments. I we know. Got comments all over the place here. The the YouTube algorithm was really good to us uh, with that. Including video. the guy who says we got to fix our potholes. I yeah. forgot about him. <laughs> uh, I am Michael Bork. He's Brian Hayden. That did crack me up though, right before the show, because uh, there was a segment on uh, the ever popular first take today. Where one of the hosts, no, Stephen A. Smith, looked directly into the camera and said, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, nobody cares about you. You're irrelevant. Nobody cares about you. That is the face, largely, of the worldwide leader in sports telling a professional franchise that currently rosters arguably the most talented baseball player to ever live telling them that they don't matter and nobody cares. Very worldwide leader of them. So I tweeted that out, and then the replies got me thinking, huh, wonder how that Otani video did on YouTube. Pulled up our YouTube channel, and whoa. Yeah. The, the numbers don't lie. No, Come no, for no the Otani takes. Stay for us making fun of Richard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, uh, Dan, Richard is working Biden hours uh, again, he uh, he's off for the rest of the week. He'll be back on Monday. He didn't text us earlier today. I do want him to yeah. not think about us when he's on vacation. Just go have fun. He's one of these people. I was having this discussion earlier today with Robbie Falk about 
When you're on when you're off work, be off work. Don't work. We're not paying you. Nobody's paying you. Paid days off are part of, part of your compensation. Just take your days off, and then if if you know, I'm, I'm, if when I'm off, unless a football coach gets fired, I got nothing to say. All right, you guys can get around any commitments or any other kind of breaking news without me. Yeah. But if, if Arnett gets canned and I'm off work, you can call me. I'll, I'll come on the show. Yeah, and that's about it, really. Or if you want to talk yeah. about Otani, because the numbers say you guys don't yes. care about Ole Miss, you guys don't care about Mississippi State, you don't care about Southern Miss, you don't care about anything except for Shohei, who, who by the way, is probably not going to pitch no in the All-Star idea. game. Oh, that's too bad. Left a game yesterday, gave up back-to-back homers before it happened, but he's got, a, yeah. I believe, a middle finger blister that, uh, oh. as you guys know, for pitchers, especially in today's era, uh, you, you can't pitch until that thing is no longer there, and so they think it might be a couple of weeks uh, before he takes the mound again. He's still going to hit, I assume. But, uh, but yeah, no, uh, no Otani uh, in the All-Star game, which uh, you know the executives. What is it, on Fox? Whoever. Uh, not thrilled it's on Fox, yeah. uh, about that development. No. No. And neither are we, because I could make another it? YouTube video about it and uh, just do numbers, I guess. We'll just do it, we're just going to do it tomorrow, you know, with yeah. this clip right here. <laughs> why, why is Shohei Atani so popular tomorrow? 25,000 views. <laughs> the next uh, Old Miss and State video we do, I might, because in the 5 o'clock hour uh, for the college football fix, we're looking at a quarterback list that I think has a couple of errors, but is the best quarterback list that I've seen so far this offseason. Uh, Mike Bratton is the one who made it. Again, it's got, a, it's got a couple flaws. It's not perfect, but none of these are. It's the best, most rational quarterback list I've seen so far. And so we'll talk about that. What does Shohei Otani think about that quarterback list, though? Find out in the 5 o'clock hour when we get his thoughts. Or yeah. at least you, Michael and I perceived his thoughts to be. What SEC quarterback is most like Shohei Otani? Any of them, are any of them also playing baseball this year? No. Didn't Rattler play baseball? Uh, Wasn't he a, like a, a really maybe. good baseball prospect? So there maybe. you go. That, boom. <laughs> Views. I'm going to keep my job now. There you go. Good job. <laughs> 601-879-4395 is the text line. Of course, we're not going to spend time on that. That did crack me up, though. I was shocked when I looked at the video and the views on that thing, but uh, that is thanks to the YouTube algorithm and not our audience in Mississippi. We're going to talk a lot of football today. We're going to have some fun with it. Um, An odds guy at Action Network uh, projected, now it's July 5th, there's going to be a lot of projections, uh, teams that will have games that they are favored in the most, and then favored in the least in college football, and one Mississippi team shows up in a way that probably would surprise basically all of you. So uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to do our 100 teams in 100 days countdown. We are on team number 59 today. We got 60 as well to do to make up for yesterday. And 59 is Tennessee. So we're going to visit with somebody that covers Tennessee to talk about the Vols' offseason hype through the roof for this football team. Is it justified? We'll talk about that and more with him. The other is from the Big Ten, right? We have it's SEC. Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota. yes. Yeah, so we're going to row the boat, and we're going to talk about the Vols here in the 4 o'clock hour. Get to that quarterback list. Yeah. Would P.J. I'm Fleck excited. work in I, the SEC? I love Minnesota. 
We'll talk about this later, too, but w- would he work in the SEC? Uh, so that's a very deep question. Uh, my, my first impression is no, but he's a good football coach. Maybe he knows. I think he could maybe adjust. The, the, I will say the current version of P.J. Fleck probably couldn't work. It, but he's a good enough coach, I think, to, to, to do what needs to be done. Yeah. I just uh, I, I really like him, and every time I hear him talk, I think, this guy gets it. But for some reason, I feel like the the gimmicky stuff is is not going to work in this league long term. I, I mean, you know, make reference, or, or you say I make reference to him too much. Some of you out there in the audience, but Hugh, Hugh Freeze's shtick wore out quickly at Ole Miss. It, it burned hot and then burned out quick. And, and I don't know if if gimmick will work in the SEC when when process is far more important than that. But anyway, so we'll talk about that later. Uh, Joey Chestnut saved the day yesterday. I've got some numbers from the hot dog eating contest uh, that we'll get to. Did you eat any hot dogs yesterday? I don't eat hot dogs. Ever? No. You know know what they're made of? I can't say it, but if you know, you know. Everything that you can't or that you don't eat is what they're made out of. Yeah. Yes, that, that I keep it that way. I don't eat hot dogs. I'll eat a sausage, but I don't eat hot dogs. Isn't it under sausage? any circumstance? Isn't a sausage and a hot dog kind of the same thing? No, no. The the good people, what the good people at Polk's are putting out, is not not a hot it's dog. not equivalent to a hot dog. It is, hot dogs are are not good. I might clip call just it a that hot take right if there. you will. Yeah, I mean, hot dogs do it. are not do it. Good. I stand by it. I stand by it a hundred percent. I had a hot dog. They're at, not good uh, at the Superdome last time I was there. That caused me to be really sick in the car on the way home. And see, no, it wasn't. Alcohol. What am I talking about here? I had two beers. What are we that talking day. about? It was a hot dog. All oh. the great food options in New Orleans, and you ate a nine dollar hot dog, and you paid the price for it. I was really hungry. I had to get they something. have other stuff in the Superdome. They have other good food. Yeah, I, I had to watch. You can get gumbo in the Superdome. I watched Andy Dalton play quarterback, and then just couldn't keep it down. You know, it was just. Now we know why you got things. sick. You about to say yeah. it had nothing to do with a hot dog. Hey, yeah. but but we won. Just the, we. Well, that's all the that Saints matters. Saints won. No, see, you can say we for the Saints. I didn't. You know, play. You, you come out here. You don't want to say it for for other teams, but you can say it for the pro teams. All right, nobody's going to get on you. Yeah. No Cowboys fan's going to come in and be like, just act like you're a Saints fan. They're not going to do it. Just be a Saints fan. It's okay. Uh, I did see Colin Cowherd Monday say that Dak mm-hmm. Prescott is just Kirk Cousins uh, with a better smile and can run. <laughs> I mean, that's what, what goes a long way, you know? Uh, be true, yeah. But uh, frankly... You like that? He he put yeah. the numbers up next to each other, and I think it's more about Cousins than it is Dak. Cousins is better than people give him credit for. It's just because he stinks Cousins in the playoffs, is... but he's a great regular season quarterback, man. He really is. His regular season numbers are great. They're good. They're, they're not. They're not. They're not in question. But you're right. It's, he can't win in the playoffs unless you know the refs give it to him against the Saints. He, well, and as people say, he's the reverse vampire. He's great when the sun's up. It's just only yeah. when it goes down that Kirk Cousins doesn't play well. Uh, college football teams that will have the most games in which they are the Vegas favorite. 
Mississippi flavor at the top. We'll tell you who that is when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi. Join us on the text line, the C Spire text line, 601 879 4395. Be a part of the show that way. We'd love to have you. We'll talk about this college football lines when we come back. From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Let's get into it. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad, Colin Wilson of the Action Network. If you're not familiar with what that is, it's where Brett McMurphy uh, works now. It's a uh, sports betting information website. They also do content and, and stuff as well, reporting and things of that nature. But their genesis is sports gambling, odds, trends, picks, that kind of stuff. You can even track your action if you go to the Pearl River Resort Sportsbook at Timeout Lounge and put money on games like you should this coming fall. You can use their app to actually track all your bets and stuff. It's pretty convenient, pretty cool little feature uh, that they've got. Everybody's uh, favorite guy, Darren Ravel, works there too. He does uh, as well. The king of no fun. But Colin Wilson, the senior writer there, he's an Arkansas grad for whatever it's worth to you, um, projected the number of games that teams will be favorites or underdogs in. And that's not just him sitting down and thinking, oh, this team's going to... like." There's He's using their system to, to come up with this, and it might surprise you. Let's do the, the bad first. These are teams, the number of games that they are projected to be the underdog, also pick them, uh, would apply here as well. Stanford and Western Michigan, he thinks, are going to be the underdog in all 12 of their games. This year, I think Western Michigan has a game against like St. Mary's or, or something of the like. They also have one against Mississippi State. And uh, spoiler alert, Mississippi State's going to be favored in that one. Probably going to win if I had to guess. You know, yeah, maybe guess. You know, if you're going to put some money down. Uh, teams that are going to be the underdog in all but one of their games, according to the Action Network. Charlotte, Colorado. Uh, look at Colorado's Ooh. schedule. That makes sense. Now, if they start winning, yeah, this yeah. will change, but point is, they play 11 Power 5 games, and the 12th game is their in-state rival. So it's yes. a rival, and then 11 Power 5 games, and they open with TCU. They also play Nebraska, don't they? Isn't that two? TCU and Nebraska? I think so. I believe that's correct, yeah. Either way. Uh, Charlotte, Colorado, FIU, Kent State, Nevada, Old Dominion, UAB, Trent Dilfer's UAB. UMass and Virginia yeah. Tech. Ooh. Tough times for Virginia Tech. How are they on this list? My goodness. I thought Justin Fuente was going to take them to the next level. I really did. I really did. I, well, honestly, I thought Fuente would be there like three years, and then he'd take over Oklahoma or something like that, or yeah. Texas. Like, that guy is the next big coach, and did, did, no, it wasn't. That's not the case. Ten. Boston College, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Rutgers, Texas State, Tulsa, and Vanderbilt. Oklahoma State's going to be bad this year. So I, I wasn't aware of that. There when was, was Oklahoma a State bad. Rather mass exodus of Stillwater this offseason. I guess. Like, Jeez Louise. Basically, everybody that recorded meaningful offensive snaps are now gone. I mean, it was it was a weird deal I mean, there. With, with Gundy, I feel like you can trust him to be okay. 
And uh, quickly, nine, Arkansas State, ECU, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Tech, Northwestern, South Florida, and Utah State. Here's the flip side, though. Sure. Sure. Teams that are projected to win the most games uh, on their schedule, or excuse me, not win, not win, be favored in, according to the line, at 12, Alabama, Georgia, Louisville, Michigan, and Washington. Louisville? Yep. He said Louisville. I'll kiss every cow in Texas if Louisville goes 12-0. and 0. I'll what? just tell you that. Not even going 12-0. and 0. Just being favored in all 12 of their games. Uh, I would love to, to see the rationale however they came to this. I mean, the schedule's not difficult. They have Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana at home, Boston College. They, they, they skip. They skip Clemson and Florida State. And they have Notre That's Dame the at home. That's the big thing for them. Yeah, but Notre Dame will be favored over them. I would think. 100%. 100%. But that is uh, what this guy at the uh, the Action Network said. Interesting. Anyway, 11. Clemson and Florida State. Their game against each other is a pick so neither of which is favored. Only two with 11. Okay. Okay. Oh, excuse me. There's more. Sorry, I, I read this incorrectly. No, yeah. Those two are uh, eleven, yeah. like and a half. They, they gave they're... them like an asterisk because, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, exactly. Eleven. Liberty with Jamie Chadwell replacing Hugh Freeze. UNC, Ohio State, Oklahoma, South Alabama, Texas, Toledo, Tulane, Utah, and Wisconsin. South Alabama. Interesting. Are they going to be that good? If that's the case, Kane Womack will be coaching somewhere big next year. I would say Florida, but they're not going down to the, the Sun Belt well again. No, no, Florida's going to go a different way with that. Ten. Here's I already what, have a thought on that, by the way. Just, I, just, I just have a thought. On South Alabama or on, Florida? On, no, on Florida and who they what they would try to do. Oh, I have one guess. Oh, you want to, well, Go ahead. Lane Kiffin. No. You're on the right, you're on the right tree, though. Jeff Levy? They throw like no, they throw they throw like twelve million a year at Sarkeesian. Ooh. What a coup that would be. Yeah. Just just as Texas is coming in. Oh, oh it'd be so God. it'd be so good. Welcome to the SEC, guys. Uh so yeah. so here's why this is brought up on the show today. According to the Action Network, teams with the number of games that they will be favored in on their schedule. Again, this is not a win projection, it's just this guy thinks this team will be favored in this many games this season. At 10, Air Force, Baylor, Boise State, Coastal Carolina, Maryland, Navy, Oregon, Troy, Western Kentucky, and Ole Miss. So I, I, I'm going to assume here, first off, going back one, that Tulane's one game they're not favored in is Ole Miss. Is Ole Miss. Because obviously, if you're saying Ole Miss is favored in 10 games, then the two that they aren't is Georgia and Alabama. Again, that's not me guessing. Georgia and Alabama are predicted to be favored in every game. I'm just doing yes. the math. Uh, I know that I'm not the guy that y'all want to hear this from, Rebel fans, but no way. No way they'll be favored in 10 games. I mean, right off the top of my head, you've already mentioned uh, Georgia and Alabama. They won't be favored against LSU. It's early enough in the season. They won't be favored likely against A&M. I mean, it just depends. It depends on what, you know, I'm just saying right now. Right now, if you asked a, a book to give you a line on that, A&M would be favored in that game, I think. Right now, yeah. And then, 
that's that's probably it. I mean, the Egg Bowl. I think Ole Miss might be favored by like one, one or two. But I wouldn't be totally surprised if they were favoring State in that game. There's a path to that happening, and that path has to be LSU losing the season opener. The only way that happens is if LSU well, loses the season no, opener. No, the path to that happening is LSU loses the season opener and at Mississippi State in Week oh, 3. Yeah. They lose those two games, yes, Ole Miss could be favored against them. But if, if, Ole Miss, if LSU is 3-1 and one when they play Ole Miss, they're going to be favored in that game. Even on the Even road, if, unless Florida State just, uh, unless Florida State just thrashes them, yes, yes, because I mean LSU at that point is probably be, LSU's probably going to start the season like sixth or seventh. A loss to Florida State, they probably drop down to tenth or eleventh. They're going to be in the top ten when they come to, to Oxford, something like that. Yeah. What will almost be at that point, assuming they win all of their games up until that point. Top twenty, seventeenth, six, yeah. yeah, sixteenth, seventeenth, something like that. Depending on how they look, too. I mean, if, if I don't think they will struggle, but if they struggle a little bit with Tulane and Georgia Tech, people might might bump them down. Speaking of Tulane, Michael Pratt getting a ton, finally getting a ton of uh, of love this offseason. Tulane lost a lot. Not their best player, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like all the pieces are gone around him, but he's still there. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes with that. I mean... The good news is if you're Tulane, I mean, recruiting that caliber of player should be relatively easy. They should they should have some they obviously had some depth last year. Mm-hmm. You don't win that many games without some depth. Especially, you know, group of five teams. They 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 have to have depth to be able to go out there and compete. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. That game it's interesting because it's in New Orleans. That's that that's what makes it interesting. If the game was in Oxford, it'd be like, oh, you know what's gonna happen there. Right. But in New Orleans, Crazy things happen in New Orleans, man. Somebody gets a voodoo doll out, and next thing you know, Jack and Dart is on the <laughs> ground. What happened? Well, at least Lane Kiffin's got four quarterbacks. So, you know, if he loses yeah. one, there's three more uh, just <laughs> just hanging out. What do you think Auburn uh, offered? Michael what are Pratt? we paying you for? Get out there! What do I think of what? What do you think Auburn offered Michael Pratt to transfer? The same number that they offered every other quarterback to transfer, or, or just yeah, yeah, him? and one enough, evidently, which is surprising. Between him and Grayson McCall, you thought somebody had bought, you know, bit the bit on the line, but I guess not. And they probably got Peyton Peyton Thorn at the Dollar General rate, and other quarterbacks as as well. Oh, oh, other, other, quarterbacks. other quarterbacks were contacted. <laughs> oh man, who could that have been? Ah. It's a mystery. Oh, 608-879-4395 is the text line. Somebody said, isn't LSU after Bama for Ole Miss? If Ole Miss is undefeated at that point, they'd be top 10. We're really saying that Ole Miss-Tulane game is interesting. Come on. It is interesting. I mean, I, I think they'll be favored by multiple scores, double digits. But, yes, uh, Tulane won 11 games and beat Southern Cal in the Tulane Heisman Trophy USC winner in the last Cotton year. Bowl last year. Yeah, that's an interesting football game. Absolutely, it is. Almost, almost lost five of its last six games. Forgive me if I haven't bought onto the Rebel hype train again. Which, by the way, I won't be buying in. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Hey, Dad, the hater, or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> we'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi continues.
speaking of LSU, uh, the SEC did them no favors this year with their schedule. If they're going to repeat as winners of oh, the no. SEC West, oh, I know, that's a shame. You hate, <laughs> yeah, that's a team that very rarely gets a break. I hear. Uh, that's a shame, but yeah, I mean they've got the Florida State game in Orlando, which um, tough. God, God bless people that are sitting in the stands for that one. Goodness, Ugh. yeah, yeah. I mean Central, Southern, like Southern Central Florida. It's in it's in the evening at least. At least there's that. But it's, that's not there's not a ton of relief to be had there. Yeah. They come home for Grambling, then go to Mississippi State, host Arkansas, go to Ole Miss, go to Missouri, host Auburn. That's how they start the season. It's tough. It's the SEC, baby. That's how we. That's how we roll. True. I, I really. Know, I mean, what? I mean, well, what can you do? And the, what's going to be great? You know, people say Texas isn't ready. Texas isn't ready. Oklahoma's not ready for the SEC all the time. That's the kind yeah. of thing that people are talking about when they say that. That right. start of the schedule. Off six straight games like that, yeah. I mean, it, to, there is not a stretch like that in the Big 12, ever. At no point yeah. is there a stretch like that. Yeah. And that's LSU's it's gonna be really beginning tough for of the Texas. season. It's going to be really tough with Texas when Sarkeesian goes to Florida. So why do you think that's happening? Just, that, just, I just, I'm, okay, if, here, this is my thought process. Florida... They went after Mullen, right? So, or they, okay, let's go through this. They went after uh, McElwain, right? Had been first off, you're, you think you're plucking from the Saban tree? Had been a head coach, had been a relatively successful group of five. Didn't work. wasn't ready for prime time. So you go get Mullen. Mullen, great coach, great tactician and play caller, right? But not an elite recruiter. Got to have it at Florida. Got to have a guy who can go head to head with Kirby Smart. All right. Let's go back to the Saban tree. Let's get a guy who's been proven at this group of five school, known as a good recruiter. Let's go get him. The recruiting has been fine so far, but the results aren't there. If you're Florida, you got to go and say, okay, we are the University of Florida. We have more money than anybody, than just about anybody. They don't have more money than Texas, but is Texas going to be willing to say $12 million a year? You just got to put a godfather out for out there to a proven power fight. You got to do what USC did. You got to go pluck somebody from the top tree. Now, you can't get smarter Saban. So, who's like the next guy? I don't think you can get Brian Kelly at LSU. I don't, could you get Ryan Day? No shot. I don't think so, right? You know, Fickle would have been a good choice prior to getting to Wisconsin, but even he had only been at Group of Five. So they got to get a proven head coach. Sarkeesian fits the bill. Would Scott Strickland be that guy? Would he pull that off? Well, I'll be totally honest with you. I don't know that he'll be the guy anyway. Because if they fire Napier, and that's the third coach that he's hired that they've had to get rid of, I don't know if it's third coach, but it's at least the second. I don't know. You you don't normally get a third football coach hire. You I said that anyway. about Cohen last year. I said if, if 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 Leach had not, you know, if they had not been better at the end of the season, you know, I don't know. I was like, I don't know that Cohen will get to re- replace Leach. So why would you do that? I'm glad you brought that up. Here's a topic on the fly, uh, probably something that we should have prepped for, but that's okay. You you just jogged my uh, my content instinct. Ole Miss and Mississippi State's two previous athletic directors took jobs that, whether you agree or disagree. 
listener out there personally, people at large think that they took better jobs, that they got upgrades from the positions that they previously held. But Ole Miss and Mississippi State fans alike do not look back on the era in appreciation. So who's correct? Is Texas A&M and Auburn correct that they did great jobs and us here in Mississippi are blind to that? Or are we correct and they fell upwards despite not doing a good enough job where they were? I mean, with Freeze... That's a tough question. <laughs> I'm just thinking about See, it. With, like, with I, Bjork, I really could. I, 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 you know, you you can't contain a football coach that's just going to tweet the the way he did. Hey, NCAA, come investigate us. Like, what what is an athletic director yeah. supposed to do about that? But it, the the way that was handled, and then even things like the stadium projects, I didn't like the pavilion. Yeah, looks great. I, did I think, great. The camera thing is a mess. But the football stadium, quote unquote, upgrades weren't upgrades. Th- those were bad. I think it's. I think it's one of each. Freeze did a good job, right? Now, he let it get away from him there. His quest for recruiting rankings led him to sign, to not have balance within his signing classes. Correct. But the guy's a good football coach. He elevated the football program. When he took over, they were 2-10. and 10. His last year, real year there, 2015, they won the Sugar Bowl. You really cannot ask for a lot more than a football coach, from a football coach in that. Period. Bjork totally fell upward. Bjork was not a great athletic director under any circumstances. I think most Ole Miss fans would agree with me on that. And he just doesn't have the right personality, in my opinion, to be a great athletic director. Now, the, he is lucky in that at Texas A&M, you just, you know, you just snap your fingers and, and a billion dollars shows up. By the way, you're wondering why the price of gas goes up, because Texas A&M's got to pay for stadium upgrades. But... Yeah, I think Freeze is an example of Ole Miss fans are maybe a little jaded. Of he did a great job at Ole Miss. He it got away from him a, a bit, but I mean, I, I, you'll never. I never know. I mean, I don't know what would have happened in twenty. I think twenty seventeen might have been a tough year for Ole Miss, regardless. Absolutely. But Freeze is a good enough. But I think Freeze is a good enough coach that he would have gotten things back on track. Whereas with Bjork, yeah. I I mean, I remember when he got the job, and I was like. You literally could have told me that I got the job, and I wouldn't have been any more surprised that Bjork got the job than I would have been. What about Cohen? And you're obviously much closer to it than me. I think Cohen's yeah. biggest failure is NIL, starting Huge. with baseball and then not yeah. being open promoting he, it. He, in did, the a, other he did a terrible job of that and, and was a person who was constantly... When we had him on this show, we talk about, I don't think this is sustainable. Instead of just saying, it is what it is, and we've got to get behind it, and Bulldog fans, I need you to, to buy into it. That, that should have been his message, and it never was. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, his hiring track record, not great. Now, he seems to have hit it with these last two, with the two basketball coaches that he hired, Jans and Purcell. But, I mean, Lamonis was not his first choice. Don't ever, don't ever think that it was. And then Moorhead wasn't his first choice. And Leach wasn't his first choice. Moorhead did not work out. He, we, Vic Schaefer leaves, and he hires Nikki McCray-Penson, and she, in one season, almost took Mississippi State to the bottom of the SEC. 
She she done she undid everything Schaefer had done basically in one year, and Purcell is now putting that back together. So I mean, his hiring track record is not great. Mississippi State marketing was not great under him. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why Auburn wanted him. If it always strikes me as odd is like Auburn. If you ask Auburn fans, they would tell you, "Oh yeah, we're much more, much more elevated program than Mississippi State. Much better program than Mississippi State." And then you hired Mississippi State's athletic director, who then brought in like five people who worked with him at Mississippi State. So what? Why? Like, if I'm Mississippi State, I've said this before, and and they did it with Zach Selman. I've said, if you're going to hire an athletic director, go tell me who's number two at Alabama at Ohio State, or in this case, at Oklahoma. Bring that guy in, because those are better programs than yours. Bring a guy in with their ideas and see how it works. Auburn took somebody, their fans would tell you, oh yeah, we're better than Mississippi State, and now they sort of remade the athletic department in the image of Mississippi State. So which is it? Summed it up pretty nicely there. Thank you. I, do, I have I have a lot of thoughts on it, as you can tell. Well, fans, that does happen that way so much. Is you you would have gotten the turning up their nose at, and it, Andy Staples, who I really like, was on the next round today, and he said, you know, Hugh Freeze at Auburn can do something that he couldn't do at Ole Miss, which was build a roster that is as good as Georgia's. And I thought, mm-hmm. why don't they then? Well, I think they will. It'll be a process. Gus couldn't. Harson clearly couldn't. I mean, why? Gus is. Gus had a a couple of teams that were as good as Georgia. This Georgia that could have beaten Georgia. This, this I mean, Georgia. even this Georgia. I, I I think that 2017 team that lost to Georgia in the SEC championship game, but they were good. They were good enough. They had enough NFL guys on the roster. When Malzahn left. Uh, Auburn, they were like 65-plus percent on the blue-chip index. Harson's got them down to 51. Freeze will have them back in the 60s. In two years. That's how much talent left. 6-year, 1-879-4395 is the text line. Would love for you to be a part of the show. Uh, Joey Chestnut saved the day yesterday. I've got some numbers for you. Not even his record. Didn't break his record. Apparently, uh, the, the buns, because they delayed the event, dried out or something uh, either way uh he's the greatest eating champion of all time wait to hear these numbers give them to you when we come back super talk mississippi introducing to you sports talk mississippi So they tried to take away a time-honored 4th of July tradition, the hot dog eating contest. Bad weather came through, was in a lightning delay, they ended up canceling the event until Joey Chestnut, the American hero, Washington, Lincoln, Chestnut, saved the day, forced the competition to continue, yeah, and put his face up there. You can replace one of the other guys. Who cares about them, right? <laughs> the hot dog man. I mean, you know, Jefferson and Roosevelt, you know, I don't know. Pretty good, I guess. 
Yeah. Could they eat seventy one I mean, hot dogs? I, I feel like Ted, I feel like Teddy Roosevelt could have maybe done it. In ten minutes. That's a man's man there. I that's a man's man there. Just saying. Joey the, the Chestnut, picture of though. him. The picture of Chestnut walking back out with that look on his face, I was like, I watch professional wrestling. That is straight, like, stone-cold Steve Austin coming down the ramp with a can of whoop-you-know-what ready to open it up on the rock. That is what that face was. I was like, those hot dogs don't stand a chance. Yeah, and he was like a minus 10,000 favorite to win, so you had to bet ten grand to win a dollar on Joey Chestnut, and people did it. Uh, The the gambler, so he was trying to break his record, I believe, is 71, and the the original odds were like 71 and a half. Something like that. And as the weather delay happened, and they canceled the event, and then Chestnut got everybody together and said, no, we're doing this. We're putting it on. Uh, the weather's gone now. It was a thunderstorm. <laughs> it's, it's hot dog. It's hot dog eating. It's not... But the odds... They're, they're the, not conductors. The, the analysts or whatever, the people that actually know something about competitive eating, uh, knew that he was going to go under because apparently... Although they recooked the hot dogs and did get some new buns, they set them out that like they sat out for longer. And when that happens, mm. apparently they lose moisture. And when that happens, they're harder to eat. <laughs> well, yeah, ever so slightly, That's even though they don't. Surprising is true of any meat. It, it's still I, so they knew Chestnut was going to go under. He He's, still ate sixty-two hot dogs in ten minutes. This. Six. These guys are finely tuned minute. athletes. Their mach- their bodies are like machines. All right. Anything you throw off in the mechanism, I mean, take the under. Yeah. The time change, the the meat change, it should it should have been easy money. Eighteen thousand four hundred and fourteen calories are in sixty two hot dogs that he consumed in ten minutes. Uh, one thousand one hundred twenty nine grams of total fat. 1,488 carbs and 682 grams of protein. That's not bad, I guess. Pretty sure I didn't eat 18,000 calories last week. Pretty sure. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. Now, I have. I have eaten 18,000 calories in a week without, without even batting an eyelash, I'll tell you that. I have to. But not last week. Oh, yeah, I mean... They, they let these yeah. guys go purge, right? Like, they don't make him like digest that crap, do they? I think he has a process for it. Like I don't think because I don't think you can just do it right then. You got to be able to hold it down for like an hour or two, and then you go deal with it. Hey, he's got a net worth of like five yeah, million, did. so it's working for he him. Did the I stomach guess. stretch thing—you drink like two gallons of water the day before, and it inflates the stomach. Hmm. 16 of the last 17 uh, world-famous Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition Championships belong to him. ESPN got mocked yesterday, and I like to take shots at ESPN as much as the next guy, but I actually thought this was kind of funny. Is Joey Chestnut an athlete? And if so, where does he belong on the greatest athletes of all time list? I think that's actually kind of funny. Where does he belong? I don't like... I don't like where they put like most championships, and they have who I, I forget who's at fifteen. I don't know who's number one on that list. If you're going to do this and you're going to put Joey Chestnut on there, I demand that Ric Flair and his sixteen World Heavyweight Championships be on the list. I demand but, it. But somebody wrote that. Nobody's writing this script. Chestnut's just a just a dominating force. First, you don't. First off, never 
take anything for granted in sports. It, it, it could be rigged in it some way. Be. I don't know how. But, I mean, it just, it just you have to ask yourself. I feel like Joey Chestnut does a lot of the things athletes do in terms of getting his body ready for competitions. But what he competes at, I have trouble saying that that's an athlete, that that's a sport. And I know, don't get me wrong, I love to eat. You guys know me. I'll eat. I'll eat with the best of them. But I've never once thought of myself as a premier athlete when I was going back to the buffet with that fifth plate. All right, I just, It just never occurred to me that I was on the same level as Tom Brady and Michael Jordan. Some people think Chestnut is. Uh, Dan says that's two years in a row the uh, content has been sabotaged. The contest has been sabotaged. Last year he put a demonstrator in a headlock and still won. I remember that. I yeah. do. He's definitely one of our greatest Americans, but I don't know that he's an athlete. If nothing else, one of the greatest champions of all time. 16 of 17 championships won. If Kirby Smart keeps recruiting like this and, and Georgia flare keeps numbers. Yeah. paying the way they do, then maybe, maybe this will happen in Georgia. Huh. Yeah. Could you imagine if that dominance existed in college football, how terrible that would be? I I would not. I would, that might be enough to make me stop watching at that point. I might be like, you know what? I'm good. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. We'll be back. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. Zeppelin today. This is what Zeppelin. Is it? Oh, for like a second there, I thought it was like this sounds like I thought it was the Eagles. No, this is uh, the Rover. Okay, we're better. It's okay. It's okay. We're all right. Mark in Gulfport says, "Does Joey put ketchup or mustard on his hot dogs?" Uh, water is the answer to that question. Just water. This is another issue I have. It's another issue. They should make it where you have to eat the hot dogs the way a normal freaking human being eats hot dogs. You don't have to put ketchup or mustard. You want to eat them bun and meat only, that's fine. But the water thing is gross, and it should not be allowed. And if that cuts 20, 30 off your total, so be it. And the way they shove it in their mouths, like it looks like they're they're not complete. You know what I mean? It's, it's stuff yeah. like flying everywhere. and the, the counters are behind them also. Feels unofficial, but yeah, they they should do it normally. That would change things. At least I think it would. You ever done a steak challenge before? I have not. I have never done the only eating challenge I've ever done, and it was not a, like a real one. It was a, a friend of mine challenged me personally to a buffalo wing eating contest, and so we went to a restaurant here in Starkville. And we bought, we each had 40 wings. And it was who could eat them the fastest. So it was like whoever finished first was going to win. And I smoked them. It was not even a competition. I mean, I was done. I think I ate 40 wings in like, it, it took me like 13 minutes. 
Which I know for competitive eaters, they that's nothing. They eat like eighty wings in yeah. six minutes. I don't know. Which I don't know how you do that. Like I don't physically wrap my brain around how you can eat eighty wings at all, let alone in six minutes. If there's a food challenge around the metro, I would like to know because I want to do one. I haven't done one since high school. Well, there's the mugshot. I could do that. The burger at the at mugshots. You can go do that. I've seen some people try that. I, I knew a guy who did it. He's a big dude. What he is big, it? He was bigger than me at my biggest. The mugshot? It's a giant burger. It's like like a huge burger. What do you get if you win? T-shirt, I think. Pride? You do get pride. That's the main thing. How many pork sausages can he eat? I don't know. I don't know if he's ever done a pork sausage, but that would be fun. So got a couple in my fridge right now, actually, that didn't that I didn't eat yesterday. Looking forward to having those uh, tomorrow morning. Mike from Grand Bay, I did a jalapeno eating contest in one, so never did it again. I can imagine. Yeah, that's not a great contest to enter. Jeff says that, he could win get you. gold in power napping. A little bit different than uh, yeah. than the hot dog competition. James uh, said that would be like UCLA basketball. Yeah, remember when that happened? What, they won like a bunch of titles? Yeah. Back in the I wasn't 70s. alive for it, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've read about it, yeah. Richard could eat 100? I don't know. 101 hard-boiled eggs in eight minutes is probably my favorite Joey Chestnut record. Yeah, 101 hard-boiled eggs in eight that's minutes. absolutely disgusting. I'm telling you that that's disgusting. Oh God, eggs! Eggs like eggs are worse than hot dogs. Dwayne Brandon says, "When I was in high school, I got to bet. I got bet to eat five Big Macs. It was too much bread. Big Macs be tough. In high school, Brian Haydad's post game meal was uh, eight double. I'm sorry, eight quarter pounders with cheese. After a football game, go to McDonald's, put out eight quarter pounders." After a football game? So, two. Yeah. It's the all star special. That's how for me. I refueled. Uh, oh, Waffle House? Yeah. Waffle House. Convincing my mom to go to a Waffle House, you, you would take it. The Pope might have to show up and ask her to do it. You know, you know it's dirty there. I don't want to go there. Oh, man. Yeah, we would go there. Sometimes Sonic, too. It was either Sonic yeah. or Waffle House. Man, mm. it, like, and in hindsight, I didn't live in a, I didn't grow up in a small town. It, Greenville, South Carolina is kind of a big place, if we're being honest. And we pretended when we were 16 and 17 that there was nothing to do. And we would just go sit in the bed of pickup trucks at Sonic. And now looking back, I was like, there was so much that I could have done in high school that I did not do because I was sitting my happy you-know-what in the bed of a pickup truck at Sonic putting stolen vodka in ocean water. I mean, that that's the kind of crap that we did on Friday nights <laughs> in high school. Uh, we had the cool parent who was like, you just come over to the house, and as long as you don't leave, you know, you, you can do what you got to do here. And of course, you know, living in Vicksburg, drinking age in Louisiana was 18. So you just uh-huh. slot across the river, buy it, and come back. What did it, like a smaller percentage? What was it, like two and a half or something? What, my my dad used to tell me stories about that, where when you were the 18, beer, when he yeah, was growing I think growing the beer up, was? That you could buy beer at a, like, half of the percent of a oh no they didn't have anything like that no no they weren't they weren't doing that so 
get one message. I mean, here, you got remember. Also, this is Louisiana. This is so oh, yeah. like the gas stations are full liquor stores too. You can walk out of there at eighteen with a half gallon of Jack Daniels, no problem. Drive right through and have a couple of daiquiris and wave to an officer as you leave. Many times after high school, after a day of school, you're like, let's let's go, let's go grab a drink. Like like we were a bunch of doctors or lawyers and just go get a <laughs> little rocket fuel uh, to get you through the afternoon. A uh, tough day, tough day at school. I had a math yeah. test. Oh, man, just um, yeah, yeah. I need a beer. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, get this message during uh, the Ole Miss Lady Rebels NCAA tournament appearance. Myself and another member of the Ole Miss basketball band each ate an eight-pound burrito called El Gigante. Our picture is Gigante. still on the wall in Chapel Hill wearing a sombrero with the free T-shirt. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Jason would get snow biz after baseball. There you go. PJ's was classic. Another one in college sugar smacks eating contest at the lunchroom. Winner ate 16 boxes with milk. Didn't emerge from his dorm for two days. I'm surprised he's still alive. What do you think his blood sugar was after that challenge? Like hospital. You think he had a little? He like he had a little blood in his sugar stream. He could probably feel it moving inside of his body at that point. Yeah. Yeah. CC says chestnut has three a, days. Yeah, seriously, uh, chestnut has a hole cut from his stomach down into his legs or something. Nobody can hold that much food in their stomach. Look at a picture uh, of him post uh, him lifting his shirt up, and you see his stomach. It's like a globe. So it's, it's what it looks yeah. like when he's he looks done. pregnant because he's physically yeah. fit, which is the the funniest thing. Mm-hmm. The greatest eater of all time has abs. Like if you look at like other competitive eaters too, they're a bunch of fat dudes. But not him. If you ever really want to gross yourself out, you can watch some of Badland Booker's YouTube videos where he like chugs. You know, you remember the boot from uh, from Beer Fest? Yeah, Das Boot. The boot. Yeah, he does those with like Mountain Dew. Oh. <laughs> Just oh. what are you doing? <laughs> Just chugs Mountain Dew, uh. like a gallon and a half of it. Oh, man. Yeah, I actually did watch that yesterday. I watched. I don't know oh, why. there he is. Oh, the stick to sports there guy? There he is. Yeah. Knew, there knew he that is. was coming. He's here. Uh, we will. We we did uh, a lot in the first hour. We're going to continue our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days next. We'll talk to somebody that covers Tennessee as well. They're on the countdown today as we are on day 59 from the start of college football season. Mm-hmm. We've got a quarterback list that I like coming up. Also, uh, a funny thing happening in golf that I want to tell you guys about. It's not... Anything to do with the tournament this weekend or whatever. No, it's... um, Let's just call it something really stupid that is going on in the golf world that I need to tell you guys about. So we'll we'll get to all that here. All uh, right, sounds good. In uh, in a little while. Tucker says, uh, Houston Nutt used to tell the story about Jarrell Poe and Wings. Poe had to be weighted every day. He went down to 317 one Friday. Monday, they weighed him again, and he was up to 335. Coach Nutt said, Jarrell, what happened? Poe said, it was the wings, Coach. Nutt said, my God, son, how many wings did you eat? And Poe said, 75. Yes, he must, he must have been at Southern Coop. My favorite, my, I always say, if it was like, say something good about Oxford, my favorite place to get wings in America, Southern Coop. Dwayne says, I'm with you, hey, Dad. You can cross the river from Vicksburg to the Louisiana Delta and buy hard mm-hmm. liquor on Sunday. Delta, Louisiana. That's the name of the oh. town. Oh, it's the first. That's your first stop. There's a Texaco and a and a, and a uh, Chevron there, and like I said, it's a full liquor store. 
Have I told you my my, my story? You, you were talking about it as a hard day. Have I ever told that story? No. I don't know why it was on St. Patrick's Day. We were all wearing scrubs. That's what we decided to wear because they were green. And I mean, I'm 19. And we go across the bridge to get liquor, and I grab a half gallon of Jack Daniels to take back to the house. And this woman just looks at me and goes, Tough day? And I'm wearing scrubs. And so I just looked at her. I was like, Yeah. Yeah, we lost one on the table. And she goes, oh, no. I was like, yeah, I had to go out there and tell the family. Young guy, too. It was terrible. Oh, my God. She's like, oh, honey. Oh, honey, you had a rough day. You deserve that. All right, have a good day. And I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> just walked out. If there are any high school kids listening, you just gave them the perfect cover for when they Wear try scrubs. to buy Wear scrubs. Nobody's going to question you. Yeah. We're, we're contributing to the delinquency of society. 100 teams in 100 days. We'll go to the Big Ten when we come back. This is Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad on this uh, second Monday of the week. It is Wednesday, though. Glad you guys are with us on July 5th. Hope you had a safe and happy 4th of July. Hopefully still 10 fingers and 10 toes with you as you join us on this Wednesday afternoon. Richard's off today, tomorrow, and Friday. He'll be back with us on Monday. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, there might be another vacation that pops up between now. You never know. We don't know his schedule, yeah. It could change. Tends to do that. But what not? what is not going to change is our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, go! It's the final countdown! We rode the boat on this Wednesday afternoon. Team number 60 on our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Alright, yeah. Catch All right. Yeah. I've actually seen Minnesota play. Fight song's better in person. Alright. P.J. Fleck enters yeah. his seventh season as the head coach wow. of Minnesota. How about that? Did you think he was going to be That's there for seven years when they hired him out of Western Michigan? Well, I thought he'd be on to a, big, a bigger job, to be totally honest with you. Same He's only here. 42. Is he really only Gosh. 42? Yeah. Wow. So he was the head coach at Western Michigan when he was, what, 32? That's 10 years ago, yeah. How about that? So I got that job in 2013. Went from I, 1 and 11 to 13 and 1 at uh at Western Michigan. Incredible run there. <laughs> Went to the Cotton Bowl. Turned that into the job at Minnesota. Took over a, a difficult place. That's not an easy place to win football games. It's uh it's cold. Very cold. As are most places in the Big 10, but it's a state that doesn't really produce a whole lot of high school talent. 
It's a college that is in an NFL city, and yes, I am a broken record, but if you are trying to compete against the NFL, guess what? It just more of Minneapolis's attention goes to the Vikings than it does the Golden Gophers. That's sure. just kind of how it works. And so they're up against, uh, they're not even the favorite in their own market. They're up against recruiting issues, uh, not a gigantic fan base in the same way that Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State have in their conference. And yet he's been pretty good. Went five and seven in his first year, seven and six in year two, 11 and two in 2019, went to the Outback Bowl and won it. Three and four in the COVID year, followed it up with back-to-back nine and fours in 2021 and 2022 with a couple of bowl wins on top of that. B.J. Fletch has been good at Minnesota. I don't think we've given him enough credit here. I mean, the 2020 year with COVID is what it is, right? But 11-2, nine and four, nine and four, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good in the Big Ten. I mean, mean, I I know a handful of schools in this state that would take those results right now. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I, I, I didn't realize, to be honest with you. Yeah, the uh, so this season, the Tanner Morgan era has ended. What would be your favorite part of the Tanner Morgan era as the 47-time starting quarterback at Minnesota? <laughs> no, seriously, 47 starts at Minnesota. I'm trying to see who they beat last year, and I'll tell you the, tell you the answer. Uh, did they beat... Oh, they beat Wisconsin last year. That's got to be it. They, 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 they went in. You don't just walk into Camp Randall Stadium and walk out with Paul Bunyan's axe. But they did. I've got some bad news for you. He didn't play in that game. Hmm. He actually got injured uh, for a little while Son last a... year. And uh, his replacement, so out with uh, the longtime starter, Tanner Morgan, in with the, I, I guess he's going to be a true sophomore now. Ready for this name? I hope I'm getting it correctly. Ethan Kalakmanis. Ethan Kalakmanis. K-A-L-I-A-K-M-A-N-I-S. Ethan Kalakmanis well, will be the starting okay. quarterback for Minnesota in the P.J. Fleck and the Golden Gophers this year. Ethan Kalakmanis. Minnesota, they didn't play Penn State. They don't, Minnesota only has... Oh, they played Nebraska? Hold on. I got my favorite message then. It's when they went to Lincoln, Nebraska, and walked out with the $5 bits of broken chair trophy. Didn't they lose that thing? Didn't somebody lose that? I don't know. I don't know if uh, if $5... It doesn't doesn't appear. I'm fairly certain that the, the trophy got made and then it got lost somewhere along the way. If you're not familiar with what Haydad's talking about, a parody account of Bo Pelini, who Pelini. was hilarious. Uh, I mean, just there, there are no good parody accounts. Like the one that that weird guy made for me, and it lasted like a week of him trying to parody me, and then just started retweeting Mississippi State stuff, and then the account disappeared. Like, that's how yeah. most parody accounts go. They're almost never funny. Yeah. In this guy, they start off with a week of they're they're trying they're trying really hard to be funny and they're not, and then two weeks later they're like, "Why is anybody talking about this thing I saw on Joe Rogan?" You know, it's like it just yeah, just devolves. Commit quickly. to the bit, guys. Uh, yeah. But this guy was so funny, he he got to a point where he made up a trophy for the Minnesota Nebraska game because, as you guys know, the Big Ten is filled with trophy games. Uh, Ohio State Illinois has a trophy. Seriously. 
the Illabuck. Like, not even creative. Just a big turtle. Big wooden turtle. Big Ten's filled with games mm-hmm. like that. He came up with yes. the $5 bits of broken chair game. And the trophy yeah. was a small broken chair with a $5 bill on it. And they made a trophy, mm-hmm. and they passed it back and forth for like two years before somebody lost it. Yeah. So it started, he tweeted, Goldie the Gopher tweeted at Faux Polini about how about a friendly wager, and Faux Polini tweets back, okay, if we win, you give me $5. If you win, I get to smash a wooden chair over your back, and that turned into this trophy. The $5 so there you go. of broken chair. My favorite, my favorite trophy is, uh, first off, I just had a moment here where I'm reading this list of Big Ten conference rivalry games that involve a trophy. And US, UCLA USC is on there. That's going to be taking some getting used to. Uh, but Floyd yeah, of is. Rosedale, number one. Love Floyd of Rosedale, Iowa and Minnesota. Unfortunately, Iowa somehow beat Minnesota last year, so I can't have that as my favorite uh, moment. What, what is the Floyd of Rosedale? It's a pig. It's a big pig. It's, 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 a, it's a pig. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a statue of a pig. You can't get away with that Floyd in the of SEC. Like, I, I know that Ole Miss no, and LSU no. have a trophy, for example, but both sides hate it. I don't know a single Ole Miss fan that likes it, and I know LSU fans the don't Magnolia like it. The Magnolia trophy? Yeah, nobody likes it. I hate it, yeah. The, the Big Ten has the best by far. You have Floyd of Rosedale. You have the old oaken bucket for Indiana-Purdue. Indiana-Michigan State have the old brass spittoon. You have Paul Bunyan's axe, which, again, is my favorite because not only is it an axe, it's a giant axe, it sits on the winner previous winner sideline, and then if you win and you, you you didn't have it, you run to their sideline and snatch it, and they can't do squat about it. Imagine if that was the golden egg. Imagine if the golden egg last year was on Ole Miss's sidelines and state players sprinted over there to get it. We'd still be peeling bodies off the off the brawl there. People would be jumping back in. Yeah. I'd have fought cross. <laughs> They can't have that. The Big Ten's more civilized somehow. Well, the, you you say that, but remember a bunch of Michigan oh, yeah, State Paul players got trophy too. arrested because they That's true. jumped a That's true. Michigan player in the tunnel. And they have Paul Bunyan's trophy, which is cool because they paint it every year. So when Michigan State wins it, it's green and white, and when Michigan wins, he's maize and blue. That's so cool. Yeah, I like that. I wish that would work here. I like that. Yeah. Well, well, we used to have something like that with Kentucky, Tennessee. It should just be a Nokia stick phone. <laughs> the old Nokia. The battle for the burner phone. Uh, the battle for the burner. The burner bowl. The burner bowl. I mean, we we just did it. Oh man, famous alums from Kentucky, Minnesota. Tennessee had the uh, had the the bourbon barrel, but they took care of that because it's oh, yeah. God forbid it's bourbon. Oh man, uh, famous alums. It's sports, but come on, man. I'm going to give them Brock Lesnar and Ric Flair, two of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah. Jessica Lange, who, uh, great actress. Ron Perlman, we all know him from Sons of the Apocalypse. Or Sons of, what is that? What was it called? Sons of the Apocalypse, right? Sons of Anarchy. Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. That's what it was. Yeah, and he was also a Hellboy. Uh, Henry Fonda, award winning actor. And first time Hercu- former Hercu- hercules now political commentator kevin sorbo hey yeah it's a good list good oh list. lonnie anderson too Woo-hoo. lonnie anderson man back in the day 
we got to get to another team. We'll, we'll do this part of it uh, at 4.53. But coming up next is a guy that covers uh, the team. We're going to talk some Tennessee Vols. They're team number 59 in our countdown today. When we come back, does the team match the hype? We'll ask that of him and more when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Fifty-nine on our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days is Tennessee. And to talk about the Vols with us is Ben McKee of Go Vols 24-7. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Ben, of course, uh, we appreciate your time. Before we get into previewing the team, I've been wanting to ask somebody that covers Tennessee this since it happened. Uh, What the heck happened in Columbia, South Carolina last year? (laughs) That that's uh, the the question that Tennessee fans are, are still asking themselves. Uh, felt like a a golden opportunity to sneak into the college football playoffs uh, there in in Columbia. Uh, although a lot of fans were upset that uh, Tennessee was maybe ranked a, a little bit lower, and, and particularly upset about being ranked behind Alabama, who had who they had beaten a couple weeks prior. Um, but it, it it obviously wasn't their day, uh, especially offensively. I think Tennessee's offense last year. Uh, covered up a, a lot of the defensive warts, and the, the offense made them look prettier than than what they were. And uh, that particular night, you kind of got to tip your hat to the Spencer Rattler. He, he had a, a career night uh, against Tennessee and was able to lead that South Carolina offense to a to a victory. And uh, because of the defense, the the offense just wasn't able to play catch up, uh, and then kind of started pressing and. Um, Hendon Hooker gets hurt, tears his ACL, and, and kind of from that moment on, uh, that, that game was lost. But there are also some things behind the scenes. Uh, Jeremy Banks was suspended for that game, uh, Tennessee starting middle linebacker, and uh, he, he caused some issues in, in the locker room, uh, quite frankly, that week leading into the game. So uh, that, that carried over onto the field. And, and for a defense that had its issues, like that was the worst performance of the year, uh, for the defense, and, and it was no coincidence after they had some issues with uh, Jeremy Banks in the locker room that week. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot about the ranking thing. I remember uh, we spent time on this show talking about it, and and our takeaway was, what's the point of playing the games? What What's the point? Identical record, you have a head-to-head matchup, one beat the other, and still one, the loser is ahead of the other. Uh, make that make sense. Uh, of course, I guess it ultimately didn't matter, but still, that was... Bizarre. I imagine your subscribers were not real pleased with that, nor should they have been. Um, Joe Milton. Uh, So we've seen him once and and lost his job to the aforementioned Hendon Hooker. All the talent in the world, right? What held him back, and uh, what's the word out of Tennessee? Has he rectified that? Yeah, I think Joe Milton's going to have a really, really good season. Uh, How good of a season? I don't know, Um, but but he is... Uh, talented enough and, and has the natural skill set to go out there and, and replicate Hendon Hooker's season. Uh, he absolutely does. Uh, there was a reason that he beat out Hendon Hooker uh, for the starting job two years ago. 
there's a reason he was a high-profile quarterback coming out of Florida uh, and signed with Michigan. Uh, he has all the arm talent in the world. I'm sure you all there in Mississippi uh, have even seen the viral videos of, of him chunking it the length of a football field uh, and most recently did it at the, the Manning Passing Academy. So uh, he has all the skill set and the traits that you want, um, but uh, when he got to Tennessee and, and at Michigan, he just he, he was an athlete playing quarterback. Uh, that that was his issue, and, and you saw the overthrows and, and why those uh, jokes became so popular on, on social media because of so how many overthrows he had uh, throughout a game. And uh, he, he did get hurt and a little banged up, which helped Hendon Hooker take the job from him. Um, but I, I do think that Hendon was on his way – to taking that job from him uh, regardless of, of injury or not. So uh, Hinden was the guy last year. Joe Milton was number two. Um, but I, I thought you could tell a difference in, in Joe Milton last season. Uh, even in mop-up duty uh, against cupcake teams, he, he just looked like a different guy throwing the football. I, I don't care if it's Alabama State or Alabama. Uh, you, you can show touch on the football uh, against either opponent. Uh, and he was not showing that at all the year prior against – uh, Bowling Green to start the year, or, or even Pittsburgh Week Two. Uh, so I, I thought you could tell a, a different Joe Milton early. Uh, I, I think you have to give Josh Heupel and Joey Hosley a lot of credit for developing him, uh, and and then he kind of showed that off uh, against Vanderbilt and Clemson to to end the season. Uh, beat down Vanderbilt the way that you should beat down Vanderbilt, but uh, against a, a Clemson defense that had a lot of NFL guys on it, uh, he looked really really good. Uh, and again, he looked more like a quarterback. Uh, and a passer rather than an athlete uh, trying to throw the football. So uh, I, I think he's matured a lot. I think the Monday through Friday, uh, everything that goes into being a quarterback at a high level, the preparation, I think he's matured a lot in that area. Uh, he's a much better leader now, and, and kind of the guys really rally behind him. Uh, and I'm a big believer in Josh Heupel and Joey Halsley as, as quarterback developers. Their, their track record at this point kind of speaks for itself. So uh, I think Joe Milton's going to have a, a really, really good year. The question is, is how good? Uh, and, and if he lives up to his potential, I mean, Tennessee's going to replicate the success that it had last season. You know, Ben, when you think about rebuilding programs and what Heupel walked into, normally, you know, year one, tough year. And then year two, that you see improvement and maybe seven, eight wins. And then year three is the big year. And, and it feels like Tennessee's ahead of schedule, obviously. You know, last year, to what the way they played, can they replicate that? You know, never mind with, with Milton taking over for Hooker. They they have some other key losses in the skill positions, but I think this is still a really good football team. How much of last year can they replicate in twenty twenty three? Yeah, I, I think they can replicate exactly what they did. Quite honestly, um, I know that sounds a little crazy because they are still building the program, right? Like they don't have championship level depth. Uh, I, I don't expect them to go win an SEC championship. I don't co- expect them to go um, win a national championship, um, which they they weren't going to do last year. Last year, and they still won uh, eleven games and beat Alabama, beat Clemson, beat LSU, beat Florida, uh, beat a lot of of big teams on their schedule. Um, but you you saw the difference in uh, Kirby Smart having his program established in Athens and, and Josh Heupel being in year two. And I realize that Kirby Smart is is really rocking and rolling right now, but uh, he, he's also several years into this thing, and, and Josh Heupel's just now getting started. I guess a little further down the road now that he's in year three, but uh, they're still trying to accumulate talent and depth. But what allows them to be so good and, and be so su- successful like they were last year uh, is Heupel's 
offense. I mean, it, it is it's it's hard to slow down if you're an opposing defense, and uh, he had his ways uh, with just about everybody on the schedule, but Georgia last year, and and a little bit of that South Carolina game as well. So I think the offense alone gives them a chance to go out and, and replicate. Uh, and be in that nine to ten to eleven win range, and like, yeah, they are losing key pieces. I mean, Hendon Hooker, he will be remembered in Knoxville for the rest of his life, uh, and fans absolutely adore him. Uh, but Joe Milton has as much talent, if not more, like we just talked about. Uh, Jalen Hyatt moves on, Cedric Tillman moves on, uh, but Brew McCoy is back. Uh, Dante Thornton is an Oregon transfer who has turned a lot of heads this off season, and, and they say that he can run just as well as Jalen Hyatt. Uh, Ramel Keaton is a veteran who is playing the best football of his career, and, and I think he's going to be the most consistent receiver in that room this year. And, and they have some young guys as well. Uh, their running back room is is really, really solid. They don't have that one big-time go-to back, but they have three or four that are capable of getting the job done. Now the question is, obviously Joe Milton kind of touched on that, but also the offensive line. Uh, that, to me, was the biggest reason Tennessee was able to go out and, and have the offensive success that they had last year. Uh, Darnell Wright anchoring the right side of the offensive line, and he was the number 10 overall pick in this past draft for a reason. Uh, they have to replace him. They went out and got a, a transfer from Miami, uh, and they're hoping that he'll be able to fill his shoes. John Campbell, and, and it sounds like he's having a nice offseason. Uh, and then Jerome Carvin, kind of a veteran offensive lineman who went undrafted, but just kind of one of those linchpins that you need uh, within an offensive line. He kind of played center, played guard, very versatile. Uh, so they're missing two key pieces up there along the offensive line, but they do have bodies up there. So uh, they, they have, although they lose a lot, they, they have guys ready to step into roles. It's just a matter of kind of like I was talking with Joe, it's just a matter of how well they step into those roles. Um, but just generally speaking, simply put, like Josh Heupel's offense is, is going to always allow them a chance to, to have a high level of success, uh, even if the defense isn't, um, adequate like it was last year. And I do think that defense is going to take a nice step this year. So you may lose a little bit on offense, but I do think you gain a little bit, if, if not more, on the defensive side as well. Ben, excellent stuff. Thank you so much for uh, giving us a little bit of time to talk about uh, Tennessee Vols football. You know, it's uh, there's been an old joke. You kind of mentioned it. Vols are back. Vols are back. Vols are back. But it kind of feels like now that, that they are. So uh, we'll see if they can follow up a good year with another one. Thank you so much for your time, man. Absolutely. I'd be surprised if Josh Heupel flames out. He he's, he seems to have got it rocking and rolling at this point. So appreciate you all, and uh, thanks for having me on, and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. You too. That's thanks, Ben McKee on, uh, from Go Vols 24-7 on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Yeah, man, the hype machine is rolling. But for the first time in a long time, there is justification for it. What's interesting to me about Tennessee is this. There's a lot of talk about Tennessee in terms of, well, if Milton doesn't do well, though, the problem is, as, as Ben just told us, physically Milton is the most talented quarterback in the conference by a pretty wide margin, I would tell you. What if he's just a unicorn? What if he puts it all together and he has a, you know, Burrow, Cam Newton, Bryce Young kind of year? Then Tennessee is a, they, a guy with a guy like that can go head to head with Georgia and go head to head with Alabama, they could be, they could come out and win the East. So there may not be a higher ceiling player in the SEC than Joe Milton. It's a good way to put it. We'll get uh, more into Tennessee on our countdown team number 59 today in our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. We'll do that when we come back. 
Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Let's keep going. Talking about Tennessee Vols team number 59 on our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. If they didn't play it so much, it'd be a great fight song. Yeah. It's just constant. I do love it, though. This part right here. It's not actually this. Not actually their fight song, though. It's not. It's um. Oh gosh, what's it called? Just a I song. forgot. It's like called "Go Falls Go" or something. Something like that. Yeah. Hearing a crowd sing almost anything is pretty awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It cracks me up, not Tennessee related, but when they play Sweet Home Alabama at Alabama games, all 102,000 people are jacked up for the first time, and then the second time they're like, yeah, all right, Sweet Home Alabama. And then the third time it's like, oh, okay. And then by the time they get also, to the fourth like quarter to mention, and they play it again, everybody's kind of yeah. fed up with it. i like like to mention that Leonard Skinner were from Jacksonville, and so I always like to bring that up. Not actually from Alabama. Yeah. Country roads is not about West Virginia. Here's the situation. It's about Western Virginia. It's about the western part of Virginia, exactly. <laughs> you know that? Yeah. Tennessee, Josh Heupel, the former Oklahoma quarterback. I wonder what he thinks about his alma mater joining his conference here soon. Enters year three, went seven and six in the first year, lost the Music City Bowl. That was a crazy game, wasn't it, to Purdue? Yes, yes. It was Tom, our friend Tom Hart on the call for that one, and he, it was just stupid fun. Went twelve and one, ten and three, six and four at UCF before getting the Tennessee job. Of course, went eleven and two last year, and uh, high hopes for the Vols this year. Kyle says, "Tread lightly, Borky. My wife is listening." Uh, Mrs. Kyle, you're going five and seven this year. No, come on now. No, uh, no, they're not. Another one. To see the Vols song in person is impressive. Yeah, I've heard from a, a handful sure of Ole Miss fans that went to the uh, let's throw trash at Lane Kiffin to show him that we are way better than him, which is an interesting strategy, uh, that game, and said that was an environment unlike anything they've ever seen before. That that Nealon, when yeah. it's right, is as good as anybody else in the country. Yeah, I would agree. It's been a long it's time since I've been there, though. A long, long time. I remember hanging it's out been on a boat once, all day. And it was not fun. Like it was just not a, not a good game. It wasn't a good Tennessee team. They beat State, and it just wasn't. Mm. There wasn't a whole lot to that game. Did you have a beer on a boat, though? I did not. I had a bunch of beer in a bar downtown. It's almost as good as a boat. Close enough, you oh, know. Close enough. Near the river. Yeah. yeah, the Vol Navy thing is really cool as uh, as well. Yeah, Tennessee this year opens tradition. with Virginia. That game is going to be in Nashville, though, but they open with Virginia 
in Nashville on September 2nd, then they host Austin P and go to Florida in Week 3. Kind of a huge game for both of those teams. If Tennessee's going to compete for the East, they have to win it. If Florida is going to do anything this season, kind of have to win that one at home. Have to at they, they don't have to win, but they got to not get run off the field. Which is yeah. If they, if they lose a close game, you feel like, okay, they, they'll be all right. Especially if they've beaten Utah at that point. But if they haven't beaten Utah, yeah, then they're one and two. Yeah. With Georgia, LSU still remaining, Florida State still remaining. I mean, didn't get any easier. No. A sneaky tough home game with UTSA after they're in Gainesville at home. Jeff Trailer's done a really nice job there. I mean, look, they're going to be favored heavily. Don't put but, some points on the board. But UTSA's, uh, they're good. They're certainly solid. South Carolina at home after that. Then their bye week, and here's uh, kind of a difficult stretch. Texas A&M at home at Alabama at Kentucky in three consecutive games. That's not easy for uh, for the Vols. No. They host UConn, go to Missouri, host Georgia, go to Vanderbilt. Their record will be? 10-2. and two. They'll lose to Georgia and Alabama. Feels like 10-2 and two is about right. Although look, but at, I go. I stand by what I said that if Joe Milton comes out and if Ben's correct and he's making all the right throws and he's putting the touch on the ball and he's 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 throwing his receivers open, that guy's the sky's the limit for him. The sky's the limit. Literally, he can maybe be able to touch the sky with his throws. He can literally throw the ball over them mountains. Over them mountains. Over them smoky mountains. Uh, famous alum from Tennessee. Some surprising ones here. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut and Cormac McCarthy, two of the better authors of our generation uh, from, uh, from went to Tennessee. Kevin Nash, everybody knows about him. Kevin Nash went to Tennessee on a basketball scholarship before becoming a WWE superstar. He was the number two high school player in the country his senior year of high school. Do you want to guess who number one was? What year? Uh, it would have been 77, I think. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Magic Johnson. How about that? Yeah. So, number one, number two. They both panned out just in different areas uh, of life. And then uh, a little further down the road here, Van Jones from CNN. People okay. might know him. So, uh, a couple people. of astronauts, Chris Hadfield and Scott Kelly, uh, who, who commanded the International Space Station. College football And Dixie fi- Carter. Dixie Carter will uh, end on that one. College football fix coming your way next. To the sports. <laughs> This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad with you. It's the 5 o'clock hour of this Wednesday. I called it second Monday earlier edition of Sports Talk Mississippi. It does feel like a second Monday, though. Fourth of July yesterday. Hope you guys had fun. We're safe. How was the food yesterday? Good? It was good. It was good. Glad to hear it. I'm a big firework guy. I love fireworks. Took the little guy to a fireworks show on Monday night. He loved it. So I feel like a hypocrite being a big firework guy 
There was a neighbor of mine that was shooting them off after Uh-oh. midnight, and I wanted to get into my car and run them over with it. That That's crossing the line, man. After midnight on a Tuesday, shooting off... And they saved, like, the big shells for after midnight. Like, they thought it was New Year's or something. Those guys were jerks. I hope the rest of you, not that guy, are having a really good day today. I hope he steps on a Lego or something. Just like a minor inconvenience that destroys his day. Because he kept me up all night. Same thing with the dogs. Either way, glad you guys are with us. There is a good-ish, the best quarterback list so far in the SEC. Ranking the quarterbacks 1-14. through Couple of qualms, but just a couple. So we'll get into that right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Get in an F-150 to run your neighbors over who are shooting fireworks off after midnight. (laughs) I'll do that. I hated that guy. But it's been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. you got some time before football season, 59 days to be exact. Spend your summer test driving an F-150. You'll see quickly why it's been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Mike Bratton, he goes by SEC Mike, if you will, put out his quarterback rankings going into the... What's up? Whenever somebody says, if you will, I just if you I will. hear Dusty Rhodes. I'm like, if, oh. if you will. I hear you. Yeah, that's... Uh, Michael Bulky over there. If you will. Talking about SEC quarterbacks, if you will. Go ahead. Uh, one through 14... And we've done a couple of these already. Some of them have been really bad. Some of them have been worse. And then there's this one, which is better. At least the best so far. It's better. Should we start at 14 or 1? 14 is so interesting to me. By all means, start there. Graham Mertz at number 14, the starting quarterback, or the assumed Uh, starting quarterback at Florida. I I just tell you right now, if you, you got the worst quarterback in the SEC... You're not winning very many games. Yeah, it's just that simple. No. People have really low expectations for Florida. Really low. Yeah, they really do. Really do. Number 13. I'm one of them. Yeah, me too, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're going to lose the season opener, and it's going to get uglier from there, mm-hmm. if we're being honest. Uh, number 13, Swan at Vanderbilt. Now, this is one of my qualms. I think he's a lot better than this. Okay. I think I would take him right now over Thorne, Cook. We'll get to the Alabama one in a second. Uh, we've never seen Carson Beck throw before. I don't. I, I was really impressed with him, considering the team that he was on and also being a freshman. That that dude's got skills. I, I think he's going to surprise some people this year. I think he's a good player. The thing is, though, with Vanderbilt, like you just know the stats aren't going to be very good. Yeah. Usually, I mean Cutler is the the huge outlier there. Number 12, Peyton Thorne at Auburn? Sure. That's fine. Auburn, you know, everybody's doing this thing. And and trust me, I actually agree with this line of thinking that Auburn's going to beat somebody they shouldn't because Hugh Freeze in year one is a good coach. He'll elevate guys. He'll motivate all that. Like, all of that's true. The team itself, Mm -hmm. though, not ready to compete. They're they're not not ready to compete yet. It's it's gonna it's a process. Year one just be about about being competitive, get to a bowl game. Which 
I assume Auburn fans are going to be okay with that, knowing their, their roster composition. I feel like Auburn's they, they, going to feel not, like they have an Ole issue. Miss. They they should just be excited, and like they'll they'll upset somebody. They'll make the Iron Bowl super competitive. I bet. And yeah, but this year one is the transition. Oh, that pregame speech with the inspirational music behind it before that Iron Bowl. All right, let me let me yeah. tell you. Don't get all worked up. Let me tell you. Don't about get all that worked one. up. Um. Brady Cook at 11 from Missouri. Sure. Yeah. I, I would take Swan does over nothing him personally, but he does nothing for me either. Number 10, he has mm-hmm. Milrow at Alabama being the starter. I don't know that Milrow is going to win that job, but it's so weird seeing Alabama starting quarterback at 10. I mean, even you know, a couple years ago when it was Bryce Young, we hadn't seen Bryce Young play. But find me a preseason ranking that had him lower than like fourth. Yeah, that, that, it's kind of a new thing too, right? Because they were winning titles on the back of mediocre quarterback play. Or mm-hmm. no, that's not the right word. They were better than mediocre, but but not great. Yeah, not Mac- McElroy and McCarron, Sims and Coker were good college quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, we had we didn't mention this. I thought we were going to do this. This they, there was an SEC ranking of the top quarterbacks of the 2000s. I don't know if you saw that or not. And had AJ McCarron fifth, and I'm like, buddy, AJ McCarron's not the fifth best Alabama quarterback of the 2000s. Well, that was the the one done by AI, wasn't it? I think so, but still, a- AI's not two uh, balls in the top ten though. Yeah, I saw that. Nick Fitzgerald, uh, top ten quarterback all time in the SEC. You know what? According to AI. I'm just going to go with that. I'm just going to go with that. So, Stetson Bennett didn't make it. He's too busy selling cars at Stetson Bennett Kia Blackshear. Yeah. It, the thing is, he would be, right now, if he was slinging cars outside of Athens, he'd make more than mm-hmm. whatever rookie minimum contract he's going to be on with the Rams. Exactly. I agree with I that. mean, what's he going to be making? Like 800 k That's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, he can make over 800 k selling cars. Make more owning your own yeah, car dealership. If you own the car dealership, yes. And if you're Seth and Bennett, yeah, for sure. Yeah, have your championship rings on always. And yes. just... Oh hey, how are you? I'm Stetson Bennett. Nice to meet you. And oh, oh, forgive me. Sorry, I I forgot I had these on, sir. Let me let me take them off real quick. Give me another handshake. Boom, sold. To those people, absolutely. Spencer Rattler at nine. That's surprising to see him that low. This is another qualm of mine. Carson Beck at eight. So we've seen Spencer Rattler beat Clemson and Tennessee. We've seen Peyton Thorne start in the Big Ten and play a lot. We've seen Swan start in the SEC and play a lot. We've even seen Brady Cook start and play a lot. And Carson Beck, who's never taken a meaningful snap ever, is better than those guys? How do we know? I like this list, and I, I, I like some of the stuff that's going on above that number, but how do you know that Carson Beck is better than Peyton Thorne. It really is. It really is just insert Georgia quarterback here. Like it doesn't matter who wins the job, they're going to be surrounded by so much talent that they can't. They as long as they are serviceable, they're going to put up three thirty three thousand yards and twenty five thirty touchdowns and win eleven twelve games. Pretty much. What we talked about earlier. 
We, we saw it earlier. Georgia's going to be favored in all 12 games they play in all likelihood. And that's one I would agree with. They will be favored in all 12 games. If you're 12-0, you, you, you're you going to be first or second team all SEC. True. Uh, another qualm. Devin Leary at 7. So Devin Leary's behind the quarterbacks at Tennessee, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas. I can I can get behind Leary at seven. When you look at, I'll, I'll tell you what I would switch. I would switch him with one of the ones that are coming up, and bump up one more. So he he should he should be sixth. I would get behind sixth. It's just Wiegman being ahead of him blows. Wiegman at five is bother is bothering you. He, he got hurt last I year. Uh, I get it, but Leary was outstanding in twenty twenty one. I mean, truly, like out he he's got skills. Anyway, uh, Joe Milton at six, I'm okay with it. Uh, the 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 ceiling Again, is so 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 yeah. high. But but at the same time, if we're ranking them today, what have you seen from Joe Milton? Not not enough, right? Nothing. Not enough to put. I'll say this: he could have been fifth, but the 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 top four have real production in SEC football games. We have somebody that disagrees with us, saying that uh, Stetson Bennett's $4 million contract over five years uh, is not what he would make owning a car dealership in Athens. I, I Honestly, I disagree. I think he would make over $4 million in five years slinging cars we in Athens talk to somebody. with his name on it. We need to talk to somebody and find out what the owner of a car dealership, especially if he owned a... Let's say he owned you know, Stetson Bennett Kia, Blackshear, Cartersville, Decatur, you know, uh, Buford. I mean, if he owns four of them, yeah, and, he's making that kind of money. And it's not anybody selling cars. It's two-time national championship winning quarterback selling cars. We'll give you the rest of the list when we come back. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. In the Pearl River Resort studio, I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydack. Glad you guys are with us. So, uh, didn't intend for the college football fix to turn into what Stetson Bennett could make slinging cars at his own dealership in Georgia, but uh, here we are. we got a couple of messages on that. We'll read those and then get back to the quarterback list. One message says Stetson could probably make half the worth of his rookie contract running in, in OnlyFans and selling strange, strange things to the Georgia fan base. You know, would you like to see the feet that brought us a national title? Here you go. Hands, personalized Stetson selfies. Stetson Bennett's feet and, feet, yeah. feet and hands. Oh, Chris. Another message, the only, only guy dogs. I know. Onlydogs.com. <laughs> oh, that'd be a great NIL thing. Personalized selfies from your favorite players. Only dogs. I'm surprised that hasn't that hasn't happened. Like, like that's not a thing. It should be. Uh, the only guy I know who owns a dealership has a beach house in the Virgin Islands, and he takes his private jet down there. Another one, Jeff says, if uh, owners of car dealerships make a lot of money, but they don't make a couple million dollars a year unless you're selling thousands of cars. If you sell a $50,000 truck, the dealership only makes about 4000 Okay, This isn't... Maybe we're overestimating this. isn't this. Bob from Bogachetta. Yeah. This is Stetson Bennett in Georgia selling cars. All right, his name alone is national champion. It. I mean, every Saturday he's going to be in a dealership taking pictures and kissing babies. 
with his national championship rings on. Double the national championships, double the great deals at Stetson Bennett Kia of Blackshear. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Oh, man. Imagine if Dak Prescott owned a car dealership in, in, Missis- in Starkville, Mississippi. Yeah, somewhere in the Golden Triangle. There'd be a Triangle. line out the door. You would, think, you, would think, you would think they were taking reservations to a restaurant. It'd be like, there'd be a waiting list to buy a Ford F-150 from Dak Prescott Ford of Starkville. Speaking of Starkville, Steve in Starkville says, please include the teams in your discussions. Forgive me, Steve. Uh, number 14, Graham Mertz at Florida. Number 13, uh, A.J. Swan at Vanderbilt. Number 12, Peyton Thorne at Auburn. Number 11, Brady Cook at Missouri. Number 10, the Alabama quarterback. He says it's Jane Milrow. I don't think it's going to be. I, I think they brought in a no. transfer from Notre Dame who played for their new offensive coordinator, for a reason, but either way, Spencer Rattler at South Carolina at 9, Carson Beck at Georgia at 8, Devin Leary from Kentucky at 7, Joe Milton from Tennessee at 6, Connor Wiegman from Texas A&M at 5, Will Rogers, as I'm sure you know, from Mississippi State at number 4. Fine. No issue. Top 4 in the SEC, I got no issue with that. Number three, Jackson Dart. What an outrage. Are you kidding me that he's behind Dart? Are you serious? Do they not want... Yes, okay. I really can flip a coin between Dart and Rodgers. I really can. Dart was better than Rodgers at the end of last year, despite the records being what they were. Yeah. Yeah. Dart, I think the ceiling is higher for Dart, but the floor is lower for Rodgers. Floor is higher for Rodgers. Floor's higher for Rodgers. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's fair. I, I'm like if we if we went out today and and, and play, they played again and Dart threw four picks. Nobody's gonna be like, well, that's that's so unlike Jackson Dart, right? It, you could see it happening. But if Rodgers throws four picks, you're like, what happened? Mm-hmm. I'm so. I'm so fascinated. It's it's one of the most underrated because I, I listen to shows and podcasts and stuff from all over, just trying to get information and whatnot. And when people are talking about the SEC as a whole, very rarely is Will Rogers' new system, new coach brought up. And, and that might be one of the more underrated things in the SEC this offseason. Is, is You're talking not, to different people than I am. Every time I talk to somebody, they're like, well, how's he going to do in this new system? Oh, I'm, I'm talking about outside of here, at large. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, in okay. Mississippi, of course, every state fan I encounter, especially my, no, my neighbor down the I'm street, ta- is like, I'm talking how's about Will going to do? What up? When I talk to national college football people, I talk to Josh Pate and Cole Kubelik and those guys, I'm like, how's he going to do in a new system? Now, they believe that he will do well in a new system because they believe he's a talented quarterback and a guy who, you know, isn't going to be uh, fussed by anything he sees defensively. But, you know, there's questions. You get it. It's different for sure. And I wonder if it's kind of a balance, right? Because he's not going to be asked to throw the football as much. However, I think. He's going to be asked to do more when he does throw the ball, if that makes sense. So he's throwing it fewer times. He's not yes. going to be asked to put the ball in the air as much. However, he's going to have to do more when he does put it in the air. Interesting balancing yes. act there. Dart also gives you the running stats that, that Rodgers is not going to give you. Now, can I combine Rodgers and Mike Wright? <laughs> Maybe I got something there. I don't know. Yeah. And, and again, Georgia I, grad here. I wouldn't buy a car simply because Stetson Bennett owned the dealership. 
I replied with, but what if he offered championship financing? Well, now we're talking. <laughs> I had a great one the other day. Somebody was talking about, you know, how, like, the rumor is that he was at Georgia all those years but didn't graduate. And so, like, the commercial would be a 0.0 GPA is something is nothing you want, but 0.0% financing. You get that at Stetson Bennett Kia Blackshear. Finance my GPA at Stetson Bennett Ford, yeah. Something like that. And Yeah, there you go. Yeah, dart at three. I'm a broken record with this. I think that considering he was 19, joined the team in February, had to split reps in the spring, summer, and in training camp, in the SEC for the first time, in a brand new system, he showed you more positive mm-hmm. than negative. And there are some people that are just so hyper-focused on, well, he didn't do this as good as Matt Corral, and therefore he stinks. And it just... I don't understand it. Now, if he doesn't take a step forward, then there's a problem. But quarterbacks aren't finished products at 19. Uh, We'll see what he can do in 2023. Uh, Daniels at LSU at number two. I get it. I'm fine with it. Totally, completely fine with it. But people are forgetting that they went almost the entire season with the inability to do basic things in the pass game because their quarterback couldn't consistently complete those passes. Right. He got better as the year went along. He did. And and he's obviously a, a weapon with his legs, but he was a liability in the passing game first half of the season. And then you have Jefferson, Jefferson who's easily the most complete quarterback in the SEC for at this time. We'll see in a few weeks, by the way. Yeah, a few a few months, but not an elite guy in there. Not a guy that I can point to right now and say first round draft pick. No. I do think like the KJ Jefferson, don't get me wrong. He he's a he's good. He's had a lot of good moments. He he's physical all that. I'm perfectly fine with starting the season with him at number 1 and no qualms whatsoever with it. I feel like if we were to revisit this at the end of the year, there's a chance you wouldn't even put him in the top 5. Possible. Possible. I mean, whoever wins the Alabama job and the Georgia job are going to be there. Daniels is definitely going to be there. Milton, I think, will be there. And then Rodgers and Dart and Jefferson could be the fifth guy. I mean, even somebody like Devin Leary, if he translates well. Leary. Wiegman. If A&M's good this year, you know, he's going to be in that mix. The people over there love Wiegman. They love him. I like him. I think I saw enough from him last year to make me think he's got what it takes to win. But you know, he he's got the uh, the, the problem of his anchor is his coach. Yeah, Jimbo which got is the worst so anchor you stupid can have. with it. They could have beaten Ole Miss if Jimbo did not get really stupid with him. He asked him to do. They could have beaten a lot of things. They had one of the best running backs in the country right there, and they just refused to give him the ball. Refused to give him the ball at times. And had this freshman quarterback in a big spot, asking him to throw the football vertically when you had a defense that you could run on. It, it Just a bizarre night of yeah. coaching from Jimbo. Ja- Jackie Sherrill would have won the national title with that team because he would have run Davon A. Shane about 30 times a game till his tongue fell out. So there's your list. Uh, not bad. Really not bad. The best one so far this offseason it's, it's, anyway. It's decent. It's just to- totally reasonable. What would you change if you could? Uh, I'd go um, 
Milton at five, Leary at six. I might go Rattler at seven and Leary, and Leary at eight. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Wigman at eight. Wigman at eight. And then Buck Buckner. It's going to be Buckner over I think so. Milrow. Buckner and Beck. Put asterisks by their names. I just don't rank them. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You can rank them one, two, because that's statistically that's where they're probably going to be at the end of this. Probably. <laughs> probably yeah. so. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text on. You want to be a part of the show? That's how you do it. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Check them out online, genteelapparel.com. They are the official apparel provider of this show. You got you got fifty nine days until college football season, but that's going to sneak up on you. Do you want a team polo that is comfortable? It's hot in Mississippi. Spoiler alert: It gets hot in the fall. If you want to look good while watching your team hopefully play good. GentileApparel.com, their collegiate collection has got everything you need to get you ready for game day for the fall. And then also when it turns to winter, they've got great pullovers and stuff as well. Check them out online, GentileApparel.com. Got a really stupid golf thing to tell you guys about when we come back. Just dumb. I'll tell you what that is in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. You want to be a part of the show, we'd love to have you on the text line. 601-879-4395, the C Spire text line. C Spire reminds you, though, please don't text and drive. You've got voice text features on your phone. Use that instead. We can decipher it. Might make fun of you if it's good enough. But either way, we appreciate you being a part of the show this afternoon. So we're not going to break down golf or anything. I just figured you guys would want to appreciate some stupidity. And uh, here it is. So last week... Nobody appreciates it more than me. Go ahead. Last week, 357 pages worth of documents were leaked, and they involved a lawsuit that the PGA Tour filed in an effort to, or there, it was litigation stuff, PGA Tour versus Live. You guys know that by now. They're fighting each other. The owners of Live, the Saudis bought the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. Now they own it all, but now there's issues with antitrust exemptions and the government wants to investigate it now because they formed a monopoly and it, it, it's just a mess. However, these 357 pages were leaked in full. You could read them all. They were reported on. Screenshots were given and they involved showing that the tour tried to basically buy the DP World Tour, which is what the European Tour used to be, and, and all the different ways they were trying to fight and combat live. Included in those documents were talking points that were supposed to be given to Tiger Woods for him to go to a players-only meeting a couple years ago or one year ago to basically tell all the tour guys, Jay Monahan is awesome, the commissioner. He's great, and he's got this figured out, and he's going to save us, and guys, let's all join together, and here's the issue. At least if you believe Tiger Woods, he didn't go to the meeting, and he never saw those talking points. So it's a big mess, and it was reported on in every page of those documents you can read. Some people did it. I'm not reading 357 pages. Apparently it's all legal jargon and just rather stupid and kind of exposes the desperation that these golf tours had trying to figure life out before the Saudis bought it all. 
Here's what's stupid, though. The PGA Tour is now trying to order a judge to seal those documents, in part because they reveal trade secrets. But everybody's already seen them. They're already out there. They're public information. You can go to GolfDigest.com and read every bit of it. So you've got lawyers now, a team of them, getting paid, what, $1,500 an hour to fight a judge to seal documents that everybody's already seen. Toothpaste out of tube, not able to get it back in. There you go. Billable hours, uh, they, I, always undefeated. It reminds me of, a, of something. There. Oh, never mind. I remember, I remember what it reminded me of. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. But we can't go there? We can't. I'll tell you in the break, but can't. Okay. we cannot go there. But So, yeah, if uh, I'm kind of... Honestly, it's been nice to just appreciate the sport while not having to talk about Liv and, and the Saudis all the time where they're just playing again. It's kind of nice, and the Open Championship's coming up, and they're just going to play again because they're all about to be back under the same umbrella. That's actually kind of nice. Right. Uh, but it's great. I couldn't help but sh- I had to share that on this show. Hopefully you guys thought it was as dumb as I did because golf isn't really on the forefront of your mind today, understandably so. But, yeah, lawyers, undefeated, always. They just they, they billable really hours trying to seal a document that everybody's already seen and has in their possession. Bizarre. Lawyers and women, they need to go head-to-head. <laughs> Two things See, that have never lost. Never, ever lost. 6 year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. So, oh, man. Went full LeVar there. Speaking of, uh, we never talked about this. I know Richard wanted to, and uh, we're not going to wait for him because by next week, we're definitely not going to talk God, about this no. story. The Athletic Richard. ran a story uh, talking to athletic directors. And it was kind of just mm-hmm. a fun idea, at least initially. Hey, since the Saudis are buying a bunch of sports stuff, what were to happen if they decided to just make a college football team the best in the world. If they were just, you know what, we're going to give you $20 million, go buy a team and go win a national championship, what would you do? And I'm not going to read the entire story for you. It's quite long, but it went from a conversation of, hey, this is a goofy thing, we can have some summer fun content out of it, to some athletic directors think it's a matter of when and not if. That the Saudis invest in a college football team to get them to win a national championship. And, and so the story evolved into if they approached you, what would you do? And almost all of them were like, no, I, w- I would reject the money. And every single person that said that, I think, is a liar. Every single AD that said, I yes, would not I, I take money. I think is a liar. I think every single person, and it was like, and, every, and they were all anonymous. I think they're all liars. Every school has a scummy alum that donates money. Every school has one. Now, not so scummy. They're beheading people. That's that's not that's not the level of scummy we're talking about. But at the end of the day, and, and this is something I talk about all the time. I say it all the time. It's it is just business. It's just business. And if your business can get capital. With with no interest, and no no, they don't have to pay it back. And somebody wants to you know bring a, a, a an, uh, an influx of 
$100 million, $200 million, $300 million to you? Where do I sign? You know, your rivals already hate you. So yeah. who cares? They already call you, know, you if you're all a state fan. If you're a state fan, Ole Miss fans are already on the message board putting that dollar sign instead of the S in MSU. So just give them something, give them a reason to do it. You better put four dollar signs with the money Mississippi State has, thanks to our strikes over there in the oil fields. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about. Yes. Every athletic director, whether they want to admit it or not, whether they want to talk about we, blah, blah, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. You take the money. You take the money. Because if you don't, you have to explain to your you have to explain to your shareholders, your fans, yeah. well, yeah, we had an opportunity to get five hundred million dollars, but I turned it down. And instead they went to well, what, yeah. division right. They rivals. went to Ole Miss. Yeah. Zach Selman had that opportunity, but they didn't take it, so they went to Keith Carter and he took it. Buddy, you're out of a job. You don't work here no more. Because yeah. not only did you you screwed us from getting that money, you, they gave it to the the team we hate the most. Why would you do that? Nobody's turning down that money. Nobody. I, you know, when I read it, I thought this idea is crazy. They never will, but the people involved think that they're going to try. They, they think they're going to try. And man, somebody will. What a what a weird day of sports talk radio that will be. The, the only the only thing is, and and Richard brought this up before, is that their investments into the soccer and other things those are for profit, right? Right. They they invest money into the players and the teams, but the teams have money coming out, right? How does that work? Boosters don't get anything out of their donations other than seats. You know, you get tickets. You get you get. You know, you get some access. But as a booster, I'm not, you know, if I'm donating $5 million a year to my university, I'm not donating that to make any profit off of it. I, right. It's a donation. It's not It's not a, a business decision. So there is that. But So I don't know why they would unless you just, I, like, I don't know who's working over there, right? There might just be some guy who went to the University of Alabama and was like, it's, it's my time. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a couple hundred mil to the University of Alabama. You just thought it was bad before. Wait till wait till you see now. Or maybe like a super low interest loan. Maybe go go buy a championship and then thank us when you do. Yeah. I just got a text from a friend. The Saudis could buy me one hell of a linebacker, is what he said. So, I mean, literally, <laughs> there's 32 five stars. You could get 25 of them. And if you wanted, probably all 32. Yeah. You, well, you got to cut some of them. Then. Somebody says, I know what yeah, Lane Giffen would Figuratively, do. not literally. Not literally. You don't have to cut them literally, Saudis. You can just figuratively remove them from the team. Yeah, we get it. I know what Lane Kiffin would do. Uh, I know what Zach Arnett would do, too. <laughs> I know what every college football coach in the country would do. He would just tell you the same thing. It's like, look, I don't know where the money comes from now. I don't know where the money comes from from our boosters now. I don't, I'm not interested. I'm just interested in the money coming in. You tell me another $100 million showed up? Okay, I don't care where. Yeah. We get this message. Didn't we'll the Saudis we'll, we'll, just... We'll take to the collective. Yeah. This message says, didn't the Saudis just donate the money to golf, or are they making money on that? They anticipate making a, a return on that investment. Yes. They, they yeah. anticipate making money there. Um, yeah. The, the, the rub with, with Liv is that 
they the, the catalyst for all this, I haven't seen this reported yet. I, I think it's just logic, though. One plus one often equals two. Liv wasn't making them money. It, it wasn't going as they thought. And it was kind of embarrassing. It's not a good product. It's not. And so they decided, golf's profitable. Let's just buy the whole thing. I swear that's what happened. As they just decided, forget it. We're not going to compete anymore. We're going to own it all. And when we own it all, we're going to make money on it. I swear that's what happened. Because Live, as it currently stood, was never going to be profitable to make a return on their investment. Phil Mickelson's not worth $200 million. It was never going to work yeah. in that way for them. So they bought it all because they can. 601-879-4395 is the text line. We'll be back. Okay. Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. There's a show that comes on right after this one. If you're a Mississippi State fan or if you're just looking for some Mississippi State stuff, you can listen to it. Uh, I think Hayden knows monologue planned. I had a whole monologue planned about you not being any better than Cross, but now I gotta I gotta scratch that. Yeah, change That's like notes. two minutes of my my fir- two minutes of my first segment gone, just like that. Talk about you know, having jealous eyes, but oh well. Yes, it's thunder and lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. We will be uh, kicking off in uh, about the uh, fifteen minutes from now or so. We'll be uh, going Mississippi State sports. Plenty to talk about there. Also, don't forget. Uh, we're not we're not on this week, but the Thunder and Lightning uh, Summer Catfish Tour is in full effect. We're having a great time out there as we've been going across the state and uh, and checking things out and, and getting to meet a lot of you guys. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, if you haven't checked this out, next week is going to be your last chance. That's going to be in Algoma, Mississippi, uh, at Seafood Junction. We'll be there for dinner on Saturday, July the fifteenth. Uh, they opened at 4.30, I believe. So I've been told that place is rocking and rolling. So get there early if you want to grab a table. And, of course, we're going to talk some great Bulldog sports there. So for generations, Superior Catfish has cultivated fresh, delicious catfish, and they perfected a process to ensure you receive the finest product available. Remember, always ask for Superior Catfish at your favorite grocer or restaurant. And it's a lot of words to tell you that Superior Catfish is awesome, and I've enjoyed eating it so, so much over the past month, to the point where tomorrow when I'm off, I think my system may shut down if I don't eat some fried catfish somewhere. So I gotta go get some catfish. It's in the name. Yeah, it's superior. That's what I told him. It's in the name. This is the easiest sell ever. You got it right there in the uh, in the name. Uh, you want to end the show with some nightmare fuel? Uh, nightmare fuel? Nightmare fuel? That's hard to say. Nightmare does it involve? Does it involve rats? It involves a roller coaster in Wisconsin. Happy Fourth right, of July. For eight people that got stuck on a fair ride, so not a roller coaster, because roller coasters aren't mechanical when they go upside down. That is just centrifugal force, so people are using the headline incorrectly. It's a fair ride that does loops, and and you go upside down and upside down and upside down in the same spot. Well, that ride got stuck upside down for three hours. They were eight people. People should be dead. Including an elderly man. They should be dead. 
and they're not. They serve, it, How? I, I don't know. Three like the, hours. All the blood rushes to your head, and you just hang there. I mean, I, I guess you have to like do sit-ups and, and like hold yourself up to, to keep your head. I, I'd have just unbuckled and called it a day. Been like, that's it. I'm out. Yeah. I'm not doing this. Three hours. Oh, no. Three hours That's why I don't do thrill down. rides. I don't do it. I'm not, I'm not playing that game. It's enough of a thrill just making it through life every day. I don't, I don't need to go on a, uh, on a roller coaster 600 feet in the air hanging upside down. I don't need that in my life. So I'm good. Three hours. People are lucky to be alive. Yeah, at the Forest County Festival in Wisconsin, riders were stuck upside down for three hours. Imagine the fire being, like, got there buzzed. And... Imagine being buzzed. You know, I won't say drunk, but if you were buzzed, I mean, that would be the worst thing ever. Hopefully you just pass out, I guess, but... Uh, that better, would be a terrible you thing. You be strapped in yeah. nicely. Yeah. I've been... You can't hang upside down. You're not a bat. You can't hang upside down that long. I've been on what was at the time the tallest and fastest roller coaster in the world. It's since been passed a couple of times, but the Top Thrill Dragster is uh, is what it's called. Yeah, at Cedar Point. Yeah, that thing is sick. So if you don't know what I'm talking, You've been about, on Millennium Force. Been on the Millennium Force. Yeah, my wife is a big fan of that. The Millennium Force is better than than the Top Thrill Dragster, honestly. Even though it's, it's not as tall or fast, it's just a straight shot up in the air. Yeah, <laughs> then you come right back down. That's, I've seen the pictures, and buddy, no chance. I'm getting on that. Oh, it's so much fun. So if you are if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a roller coaster where it's modeled off of a drag racer, and you start flat on the ground, and they don't let you put your arms up. They will not start the ride if your arms are up because you it shoots you so fast that people initially were dislocating their shoulders because they would start with their yeah, hands no. up, and it would go, and their hands would go back, and they would dislocate their shoulders. So it shoots you at 120 parallel to the ground, and then you go up 420 feet. You peek over and then go straight down and twist on your way up and down 420 feet. No, you don't. Yes, you do. You don't do that. No. Brian Haydad would. Oh, sometimes it no. doesn't make it over the top and falls backwards. And that's like a mechanic. Sometimes that happens. Zero, zero percent chance I'm partaking in that. Oh, man. I'll eat a hot dog first. <laughs> Uh, Let's tie the whole show together there. Thunder and lightning coming your way uh, here in about six minutes. Or right now, just stick with it. You'll have Haydad by himself with Rhino for an hour talking Mississippi State sports. Enjoy that. For Mm -hmm. Richard Cross, who's somewhere uh, sunny and warm and beachy. And Brian Haydad, I'm Michael Borky. Thank you guys for making our show part of your day. We'll see you again tomorrow at 3. Y'all have a good night.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.